friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Audrey Hickman Hunter. The No Wrong Turns podcast talks to people about their story and their passions. It aims to see how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Wow, can you all believe that we're almost done with February? Spring is coming, and yesterday I walked outside of my house, I heard these birds chirping, I felt like I was in a little movie, and I looked up and I saw some cardinals flying around, but then when I checked the weather, at the time this podcast is supposed to air, it shows snow all day, but I guess that's just Chicago spring for you. I also wanted to give a very big happy birthday shout out to my dear old dad because I know he listens. Happy birthday, dad. He turns a little bit older a few days after this podcast goes live, so I just wanted to give him a happy birthday shout out and thanks for being a supporter of the pod, dad. And lastly, I wanted to wish you all a happy Lent. It sounds weird to say happy, so maybe a better word would be reflective and refreshing Lent time to those of you who are participating in this Lenten season. Friends, this is our eighth episode. Today on the podcast, we have my friend and future doctor of education, DeAndre Coates. I met DeAndre during our high school years through the church we went to at the time, the Salvation Army. We got to know each other when we spent a summer together on a program called Band of Survivors, and essentially it was a summer program that was a month long, and it was a discipleship program. Today on the podcast, DeAndre will share his story with us about how he went from a born and bred Chicagoan to a Southern California transplant. And between those two stops, he had a six-year layover in the corn fields of Indiana. DeAndre will share with us about how he developed and learned about his passion for higher education. A few things I wanted to share before you hear our conversation is that one, the time of recording was pre-Halloween time, so we talk a little bit about Halloween. Also, there are a few areas where the audio is a little rough, but I encourage you to stick with it and keep listening because our conversation was so good. You're for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing about how DeAndre entered the college process thinking he was going to be studying computers, but then shifted and morphed his major and interest to end up to where he is today in pursuing his doctorate in higher education. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to him or not, I believe that there's something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with DeAndre. All right, welcome to No Wrong Turns podcast. I'm here with one of my dear, dear old friends, DeAndre Coates. And DeAndre, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have never been on a podcast before, but I listen to a lot of them. Ooh, do you have any favorites? Yeah, um, I listen to a ton of NPR podcasts. Um, Same. Yeah, so um, Pop Culture Happy Hour, um, It's Been a Minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually one of my favorite podcasts, uh, last Friday had a live taping in LA, uh, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. It's a movie review podcast, and it's amazing. 
Cool. And yeah. you were there? I was there, yeah. So they had Ooh. one just here, like, 15 minutes away from where I live. Um, and I bought a ticket, and me and some friends got to go. It was good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. DeAndre, oh, sorry. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself so the listeners can get to know you? Maybe where you're from, maybe some of your favorite hobbies, and yeah. um, just to get to know you a little bit better. Of course. Yeah. So, DeAndre, I'm originally from Chicago. So, I was born and raised. Yeah. I was born and raised on the south side of the city. Uh, my family actually still lives there. So, when I am going home for holidays, I'll go home and I'll go to Chicago, south side of the city, and spend time with them. Yeah, so I now live in Los Angeles, um, in South Central Los Angeles, and I uh, work in higher ed, which I'll explain more about that later in the podcast, I'm sure. But yeah, some of the things I love to do are, I love film, so watching it, like having good discussion with folks. Um, I've even started doing some film reviews. Uh, yeah, so I, I really, I've, I think probably just living in LA, the movie capital of the world, just has given me some uh, some good interest in it. So just like really wanting yeah. to be a part of like that world. So love doing that. Um, also a huge sports fan. So love watching and playing sports. Um, I still have love for the Chicago Bulls and Bears, but <laughs> I'm not super, I've not been following up with them as much living in LA. So now I'm like an LA sports fan, I guess. Uh, okay. So yeah. are you like a Dodge for your, ba- do you have a baseball team? Like yeah, Dodgers? Um, I go to... Like, Three or four Dodger games a year. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. a, that, that's a high number. It's only like a three-month season. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I go to some Dodger games. I go to at least one or two Clipper games a year. Okay. Um, and it, uh, the Staples Center is actually right down the street from where I live. So it works out where I can go. And then I, I went to the Rams game last year, and I will go to another one this year. So, yeah, I try to be into sports. Um, board games is a huge Ooh. free love of mine because I just like – I mean, all my friends have board games, and I have some that I've just acquired over the years. So fun. Yeah, so I'll, I love just, like, quality time with my people. So, so yeah, so those are some of my interests. But also, I really enjoy just, like, being with people and doing, like, new experiences. So I live in L.A. There's always a ton to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll find, like, a, like a new restaurant or new bar or, um, it's like, a rooftop movie. Um, oh, cool. Or, explore some of those things yeah so just like doing like trying new things and like being adventurous there's a lot of also neighborhoods that I haven't explored in LA even though I've lived here for four years and so doing that and there's always the beach right because so 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 can you can you surf now are you a professional surfer (laughs) no not quite in fact I've actually never tried I feel like that's something that I should have done by now but I've, I've not found anybody one who is willing to teach me and two you have to go early in the morning. That's like the culture, like going early mm-hmm. in the morning. So like wanting to get up super early to go. Like what time? Like 4 a.m., 5 a.m.? Uh, the people that I've gone with, they talk about like, you need to be at the beach by like 5. And I'm like, oh my gosh. well, the beach is not, I mean, it's kind of close, but it's not, it's not super close. So I'm like <laughs> going, there, waking up at like 3 or 4 to like get to the beach by 5 is like not my idea of, I'm sorry. Just, At least just sleep in your just sleep in your car. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. I feel like some yeah, some I maybe like they're it's just the people that were trying to take me. Maybe you don't have to go that early, but they were like, That's how you get the best waves and that's when there's not a min- as many people around. So yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day nice. I'll find somebody who can take me at a decent hour. So 
Nice. Do you have other water sports or stuff that you like to do at the beach or just like mainly like hang out, barbecue or something? So here's the thing. I hate the sun. So, which is so funny because I live in California. <laughs> but the sun is just the worst sometimes. Um, I, I mean, so I, it is. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I feel so drained after being in the sun so long. So I'm like, I can be at the beach maybe max two hours and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's time to do something else. Uh, gotcha. But when I'm there, I'll appreciate it. And I appreciate when it's like 70 and partly cloudy because I still get some sun, but I get some breeze. <laughs> yeah. um, so my like peak LA season is like maybe two months out of the year, but those times are okay too. It's just, <laughs> there's other perks that are keeping me here, thankfully. So Awesome. All right. So can you kind of just take us back? So we got a little history of you. So we know you're from Chicago, great city. Mm-hmm. Can you take us back to maybe tell us a little bit about your growing up life, maybe like through high school and like what you, like how you grew up and maybe what you were, what things were interesting to you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I grew up again in Chicago. Um, my mom actually passed away when I was um, in my preteen years. And so I was raised by my grandmother over in the south side of the city with my cousins and aunt and uncle lived with us also. So when I started high school, I was already kind of like in this post parents, but living with grandparents life. And so I went to high school in Chicago at Dunbar High School. It's near, it's like closer to the north side than the south side, but it is still considered the south side of the city. And yeah, I think I was a, I was an interesting high school student. I think I, (laughs) was not very involved with things going on at the school. I got way more involved in like church things that I was doing. Um, so I ended up going to the Salvation Army Church um, during high school. And I had uh, mentors and friends and kind of people that were there. So my interests were really like mostly connected to the things that were going on at um, what we call core, like the churches. Yeah, so in high school, I ended up joining the band in our church. And so I like, I spent a lot of time like, again, after school, just like going there. So I think if I remember correctly, like between sophomore and senior year, I would go to the the church after school, like three days a week. And the other two days I was wow. just like going home and spending time with family or like watching TV or whatever. I wasn't super into sports in high school. Like I didn't play anything or like didn't really do anything. <laughs> uh, so I was, again, spending a lot of time with, like, fa- family and friends there. Yeah, so I think uh, a, a mentor of mine and a really close friend and then my cousin kind of had our own, like, little, like, youth group, like, male, like, group, whatever. And mm-hmm. we, I think, with one of those nights a week, we would have, like, our own, like, uh, we called it X Factor. So, like, that was, like, our, like, group <laughs> name. And we had, like, those, we had meetings uh, just kind of spread out throughout that time. Yeah, and that really became, like, my my like safety net, like my like place where I felt like at home. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't mind that I wasn't doing like much else. Um, It was really just like school, church um, and like social things. And then we would go to like the occasional like outing that our church had uh, throughout the week. And there was like a once a month like worship service thing that we would go to. And that really took up a lot of my time until I went to college. And I went to Taylor University in... Oh, wait. I, can I stop you there? Oh, yes, yes. Please Okay, stop. so you, when you were in high school, did you uh-huh. know what you... Did you know that you wanted to go to college? And did you know what you wanted to go to college for? Great question. Yeah, so college uh, early in high school was like kind of a thing. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll not do this. But if I'm not doing <laughs> it, I have no idea what else I'll do. Um, but my grandmother 
is definitely still one of my favorite people to this day and a mentor of mine from the church that I mentioned in X Factor. They were like pretty adamant about like, oh, absolutely, you're going to college. There's like no option that you're not doing this. And so late sophomore year, probably like more junior year, they were like, okay, what are you doing? Like, what colleges are you looking at? Like, where do you want to go? Like, what? It, yeah, what's the what's the move with that? So mm-hmm. um, I felt pressure, but also was like, oh, okay, this is this is something I obviously have to do. So I might as well just like get on board. <laughs> um, and I had heard like a lot of friends at camp and things going to college and like that being really an exciting time for them. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe this is something I want to do. Um, I had no idea what I'd major in though, but I had heard throughout all the like college search that like, you don't have to know now you can just figure out (laughs) when you get there. Um, So I was like, okay, I'm not going to worry about it because I don't know what I do. Um, But then like some people start whispering in my ear, like, oh, maybe you'll like, you're good with like computers, which really meant like, Everyone else did not know how to work Microsoft Word, and <laughs> I knew at least how to do Microsoft Word or like make the printer work or whatever. So my family was like, "Oh, you're good with computers, so like you just go for computer science, <laughs> and you'll make a ton of money with with that sort of thing." So, um, so yeah, I think it was kind of put in my brain like there's a little seed planted that I want to do computer science. Got and I was like, okay, yeah, like I'd love to make a lot of money. I love to work with computers. I'm not but, gonna complain about that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but definitely didn't know for sure like what I'd do. So, so yeah, I didn't have like a definitive plan, but I think that was kind of like the the gist of it so far. And then did you apply to well, a bunch of? An... Co- oh, sorry. What'd you say? Oh no, no, you're. That's what I was gonna ask. Did you have like a bunch of colleges that you were looking at, or you were only looking at a, a few? Yeah, so I think at that point, uh, I knew that I didn't want to go to a big college. I wanted to go to a smaller one, um, just because I felt I felt like at the time my high school was big and I didn't know people. Mm-hmm. So I applied to a lot of smaller schools that were within like three to four hours away from where I lived. One because I realized like, oh, if I ever got into like any trouble or like needed something, I wanted my family to be close enough to where I could. Mm-hmm. get to them if I needed to um, or if there was anything that happened at home I wanted to be close enough so I was really looking at that three to four hour time so I applied to four schools I think and actually all of them were uh, faith-based colleges so okay. I think that was Olivet Trinity Christian I ended up actually applying to Harvard just because I went oh, to see like oh wow yeah I did not hear anything back uh, but I also don't know if I did the application correctly now looking back I'm like maybe I don't know maybe I could have gotten in if I thought about it better but I I think at that point this was 2008-7 around that time Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I was like they didn't have like online application they did have online but I think I chose to do like the I printed out the application just because like I wanted it to be like real to me right this is like Harvard Um, but I (laughs) yeah because even now yeah now I'm thinking like working in college college is always send like either you're rejected or you're in like they always mm-hmm. send back but the fact that I didn't get anything means that I don't think I submitted it correctly so well, that would have changed your whole life trajectory. I know I know maybe <laughs> so so yeah so Harvard was one of, and then Taylor University which is where I ended up going. <laughs> Harvard Taylor <laughs> yeah yeah wait Taylor's the Harvard of the Midwest I don't know if you knew that yeah <laughs> Oh my uh, gosh. So yeah, let me no. ask you another question. Um, why did you consciously choose faith-based schools or did you do that because of the size of the school was small? So you thought that would be a good fit or both? Yeah, it's a little both. Yeah. So I think I had a conscious thought that I wanted to go to a faith-based school because I think 
um, during my high school years, my faith was like a like a really big piece of something that I think I was developing. I had mentors. My family were like, "Oh, this is this is who you are. Like you, you, you want to go to a place that you can continue to develop in your faith, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to do that at a non-faith-based school is the thought I had at the time. And that whole thing about being three hours away and going to a smaller school that my mentor who he went there, he already, I know he had a good experience and like he said he was changed. And so I was like, yeah, I want that. I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> so, so yeah, I ended up just choosing Taylor. Um, I also, so before going there though, before choosing to be a student there, I went to a youth conference there mm-hmm. and like it's like one of those things where when you're going to like a summer like it felt like a summer camp where you're like getting this high you're like yeah dang if this is what taylor's like i could just like go here it was like really like a social gathering but it's like everybody's super excited that you're there you're driving in and all these other high school students and i like was actually accepted at that point and i was like oh shoot i think i want to go to taylor like i'm <laughs> i'm like the man right now because all these people are like super excited <laughs> i'm here so so yeah, so I then made that choice that I wanted to go there um, after that youth conference. And it was just like, yeah, Taylor like has nice dorms, like nice places for people to, to live. So I, I could see myself there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I chose to go there after that. And yeah. So, so did you go in with a computer science major expecting to change it then? Or did you go in like undeclared? I'm not sure yeah. what it's called. Or undecided? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. No, undeclared and undecided are both. I so so when I visited Taylor um, after I decided to go there, I did a tour um, for like did a tour, and because I had said that I was interested in computer science, they put me in some computer science classes, and then I realized how much math went into computer science and how much I was like, no, I don't do I don't do math, like I hate math, and I yeah coding, I was like I don't want to I don't know this, but I think also before college I didn't realize that you. Whenever you go into a major, the odds are you aren't going to know a lot about that major. Like you go to college to learn. That's why you're going. Yeah, yeah that's why you're yeah. going there. But I thought you chose a major based on something you already knew. I know that there are some people who go to college already knowing things about the majors they choose. But mm-hmm. I thought you had to know like at least the basics before you chose a major. So I so I didn't do that. And then I at that moment I so I think I on the tour I did a like an early morning like. Or computer science class shadow and I was like I'm not doing this I can't do this I can't do this major so I like pivoted real hard to like psychology like by the afternoon Um, but then I went to a psychology class and it was like an upper level psychology class because I'm like why do they put me in this and so then I decided like okay psychology is also not for me because I don't know anything about this so so I ended up just being undecided um, and so I went in as an undeclared major for my first for my first semester so also, also I, um, I had a terrible ACT score. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually really surprised that Taylor let me in. But now that I know how colleges work, not as surprised. Um, <laughs> so I had, I also could not, I was on this like program where I could not, it was kind of like a, um, a uh, what is it called? Like I was on provisional exceptions, uh, acceptance. Like they were like, okay, we want to make sure you can like hack it at this college before we like, let you declare a major. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, I 
could hack it and like got my act together and was like, okay, college is hard, but yeah. So then they let me choose a major when I got in, got in. And so what did you, what did you choose? Yes. So, um, I worked during high school and most of college too. I worked at a camp and I was a counselor and kind of like in leadership at the camp, but it was a major part of my like high school experience and a major part of my own development and growth, I feel like. And so I was like, oh, I love this experience. Maybe I want to work with kids and maybe I want to be a teacher. And so I chose elementary education and everyone, Mm -hmm. everyone who I talked to about like choosing that major would affirm me by saying like, oh, you'd be so good with kids. And I'm like, okay, I guess maybe this is the right choice. (laughs) So yeah, I went into elementary education my spring semester freshman year of college. So that was 2010. And that was it. And that's what you graduated undergrad with. Yes. So I graduated from Taylor with a bachelor of science in elementary education. Okay. So you graduate in what year was it? 2013? 2013. Yeah. 2013. And then what was your next move? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, did you, what was your next move? (laughs) Yeah. So during college, I, uh, the education program at Taylor has you in classrooms, like from the start Um, and from the start. And now looking back, I realized this from the start, I was not super sold on on like elementary education, but I was like, maybe I'll just like, maybe I just need to give you some more time. But uh, I realized senior year during student teaching that I was like, this is not for me. I don't enjoy uh, being in the classroom with elementary school students. Um, I think my friends um, who are in the program, they have this passion that's like really like you can see it. Like you can see that they really enjoy like teaching and teaching elementary school and they really enjoy like that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, I really struggled with like, oh, I, I struggled with some subjects in school and I didn't have good teachers who could be patient with me. And I'm seeing some of those same things in myself. So I need to, I need to like pivot. I need to think about uh, what exactly I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And so I talked to my supervisor. At the time, I was an RA. So I, I had these thoughts my junior year, but then they really came alive my senior year. So senior year, I talked to uh, one of my former supervisors, and he kind of helped me like process, like, what are my passions? Um, what are some things that like really are life-giving to me and were helpful to me in college to like think about like my vocation or like what what things were like meaningful me in my meaningful to me in my work um and so one of the things he helped me parse out was I love being an RA like my RA year junior year was one of the highlights of college for me uh and so I uh, during my or during my RA year I was able to connect with students there were some really heavy things that happened at Taylor that year um but also like specifically in my community I I think we had a student way. We all, it was things that I think I had never experienced before that um, like impacted me and my community. And I was able to help a lot of students, or I mean, a handful of guys on my floor um, through that, and like able to help them like process some heavy thoughts, I guess, afterwards. And so, yeah, that felt like more natural to me than teaching did. Um, and so, my supervisor told me, like, "Hey, there's there's a whole field." that you could kind of do this for a living if you wanted to. Um, and that's like higher ed and student affairs. Um, and so I was like, what? You can't like do that for a living. <laughs> I, I know that I know I clearly see you doing that, but I'm like, you're like, yeah, this, you can't do that forever. Um, but then he was like, yeah, just tr- like t- 
take a look at this program. So Taylor had a grad program. It's called the MAHI program, which stands for Masters of Arts and Higher, Masters of Arts and Higher Education. Um, and it's basically for folks who want to go into higher education and want to work with students um, and care about the student experience in college. That's like a very basic under, like definition, but essentially that's what, that's what I thought when I was going in. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I, my fall of senior year was like in the middle of student teaching. I realized like I didn't want to do this. Um, and so I applied to the MAHI program for the next fall and I got accepted that February and I realized, oh shoot, I'm like, I'm not going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a grad student this next year at Taylor again for the <laughs> next two years. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of when I realized like, okay, higher ed is something that I feel like I can base my career off of, at least for the next, next year. Um, so, or next two years. Um, and then I can, I don't have to know everything. Um, mm-hmm. Although at that time I was like, what am I doing? Like, how do I, how do I like process this? I think the cool thing about that, the cool thing about that is um, that spring, a lot of my friends were like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I mm-hmm. was like, I know what I'm doing, at least for the next two years. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry for you. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that was the, that was one of the calming things about the spring semester senior year of college. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going through this dance of what is next for me. I know exactly what I'm doing. And it feels better than if I was going to be going to a classroom and like having my own classroom. So. Yeah. I think that happens to so many people when they graduate, they're like, Oh no, what am I going to do? Go back home with my mom and my dad yeah, and try, try to figure life out, try to get a job, but you already had a plan for two years, not just like, you know, the next year or something. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Today, we are still in search of our sponsors for the podcast. So if you have a product or service that you would like to have a sponsor spot on the pod, let us know. You can DM me on Instagram or Facebook at No Wrong Turns Pod or send me an email at no wrong, no wrong turns pod at gmail.com. Since we do not have a sponsor this week, I thought I would give a recommendation to you all instead. Um, Last week, my husband Dietrich and I went up north to Wausau, Wisconsin for a little ski weekend in Granite Peak. So I wanted to give a little shout out to Granite Peak because if you're a Midwesterner who likes skiing but doesn't have the time or money to go out west like us, um, but you're still interested in skiing or learning how to ski, I would highly recommend Granite Peak. There are many different levels of trails and plenty of tree trails to explore and plenty of lifts that were up and running to get you back to the top for another run. So don't sleep on a Granite Peak. All right, back to DeAndre's story. So you were there for two years, and then after you graduated um, with your master's, did you stay at Taylor for longer? Did you yeah. consider, yeah. you know, settling down there since you had been there for six years? Um, I did consider it. I'm someone who, I'm. it's kind of like a... Uh, com- conflicting sort of statements, but I really hate change, but I also mm-hmm. love getting out of routine. So I 
probably everyone. I mean, and I don't know many people who like change, but I like really struggle with like, I've been at this place for six years mm-hmm. and now I'm like considering like leaving. Um, I think I inquired about what jobs would be available once I graduated, but then I had a mentor um, who actually was also a professor uh, named Felicia and she was kind of like, no, you need to like get out of here. You need to like go spread your wings, <laughs> like, go experience life outside of Upland, Indiana. And I was like, okay, you're right. Like I want to, I want to consider some things outside of this place. And so I think by the spring of my last year at, in the, in my grad program, I was like, okay, I'm not going to stay here. Even if there's a job, I need to let go somewhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I ended up taking a job or applying and getting a job at Biola University. I applied to a couple other schools too, but I got a job at uh, Biola University here in California. It's about uh, 20 miles outside of LA, but it's still in LA County but it's like 20 miles away from where I am now. And yeah, that was, so even that I think was like, it was a play, it's a Christian school here in California. Um, it's a, it's a about uh, 1300 students bigger than Taylor. Um, but a lot of the feeling felt like a place that was like home, right? Cause it was like a Christian school. It was a small Christian school um, in a small, small-ish suburb town, which felt similar to Taylor, but I was, I think the difference was I was in California, a place I had never been before my interview at Biola. And I was kind of exploring this new like phase of life. And so I was like, I am moving here for this job that I, fit, that I care a lot about. Um, but I'm starting over with friendships, starting over with like a lot of things. So, so yeah. So did you, so, oh, sorry. Did you know anybody when you, when you moved there? I kind of knew one person that, um, so there was a, there was a, uh, person who did the Mahi program a couple years before me, who I had interacted with a little bit, mm-hmm. who worked at Iola at the time. And so okay. she, um, when it came time for me to do my interview, she like reached out, or came time for me to look for jobs. She um, reached out to the Mahi program and said, there's some job openings. Like if you have any people who are interested, they should apply. And I did. Um, so I knew her a little bit, but mm-hmm. we, yeah, I think I had to make new friends here. Like, um, make a new community so yeah wow. it's pretty 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 new for me so. so then um you what can you tell us like a little bit about your what kind of job you um had yeah so my job title was resident director so they call them like everything's abbreviated in higher ed but so I was an <laughs> RD um or everything's an acronym yeah acronym so uh, resident director and essentially my job is, I, my job was at that time in charge of about 500 students um, who live in a community. So it's freshmen through senior students. And I, uh, they used to call them like dorm parents, but now mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. it's like you had you need a master's degree to do this work because you're doing <laughs> a lot of, you're doing a lot of counseling. You're doing a lot of um, just kind of sitting with students through crises. Um, you're managing, you're on a crisis rotation team. So if anything were to happen after hours, um, you're on a rotating team of people who would handle those things. Um, I manage the budget. I help plan programs. And then I help students kind of do what my supervisor at Taylor did for me, like help them process what their future goals are and like what kind of uh, career they want to do. Um, yeah, so I, I was essentially like a mentor, counselor, administrator, all wrapped in one. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of students kind of depended on me to 
make sure they were like doing what they needed to do. And, and others, and if I didn't do that, I helped other students find the resources that they need to like to find their purpose. So, so yeah, so that was a that was part of my experience and part of my job at US or at Biola. Nice. So, yeah. how long did you do that job? I was at Biola for two and a half years. Um, okay. So from fall, from summer 2015 until January 2018. Okay. And then what came next for you after that? Yeah. So I think while I was at Biola, I was always, I, I think I'm a, I try to be pretty futuristic when it's not too stressful, but <laughs> so I'm in a, in a lot of ways, always thinking about like what's next for me. So I had a plan going to Biola, like, oh, I'd work there for two or three years and then I'd go and try to be promoted to the next step in higher ed um, before I went back to school um, to get a doctoral degree or a PhD or something like that. So I was there for that, that time. And then I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to kind of branch out of the Christian higher ed world. Cause I had been at Taylor for six years and then at Biola now for two and a half years. And so I was like, I have kind of been avoiding or like I was staying away from like Christian higher ed or from higher ed that was not uh, or higher ed that is not faith affiliated. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I need to like get out there experience like uh, other aspects of higher ed. Uh, cause I wanted to be more well-rounded cause I think if I'm thinking about like some of my goals and aspirations it's to be working in higher ed as my career. Right. So I want to have mm-hmm. like a lot of different experiences kind of to, to draw from. Um, and so I applied to a, a couple of different schools. So um, including Georgetown, Michigan State, um, and I ended up getting jobs at those places, but Ooh, I, prestigious. Been, yeah, so it was cool. It was really cool to like apply and like even thinking about applying to those places and also applying to Harvard when I was in high school. Like <laughs> it felt, a lot of this prestige, I think it was broken down by that time. I was like, oh, this place is, is a place that serves students, right? And that's what I'm mm-hmm. interested in doing. So when I applied for those places, I think the timing just wasn't right. I had made a lot of connections here, had friends. I was in a relationship um, here. So I think not wanting to move at the time ended up being like the, or not moving at the time ended up being the best choice. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did that December, December 2017, um, apply to work at University of Southern California. And I think some of the things that I found out about the school during my interview, like um, it's a it's a large research one institution, private school in uh, South Central LA, which is, I had moved to California because I wanted to be close to LA, um, be back in that city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really appealing to me. And then also the coworkers, the people that I'd be working with, I think were like really like, great. And so I was like, oh, I could work here. But then the main reason was to, I saw an opportunity to uh, go back to school. So they provide tuition assistance to their employees and also have a, a, a really decent um, doctoral program or uh, higher ed program here. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about being uh, or getting another degree someday. And so I feel like that's, that's something I want to do. Yeah. So I now work at the University of Southern California um, and I've worked here now for the last two and a half years. Right? So um, is your position the same, the resident director position? Um, it's similar. So, uh, I work as a, what's called a residential college coordinator. And so I'm over more students, about 700 residents and they range more, they're more so freshmen and sophomore students. Um, but I deal with a lot more conduct, um, a lot, a lot more, um, mental health 
and I have responsibilities with faculty members, which I didn't have at Biola. <clears throat> and then I also work with our, um, it's called Community Council, which is like our student government form here. And then I have a grad student who I supervise as well. So um, yeah, my responsibilities are way more administrative. So I think as, as I mentioned at Biola, uh, Biola was very much so like counselor heavy. So I did a lot of counseling, a lot of mentoring. And I think here I do a lot more process procedure, budget things, admin, and I do some counts, some like referring to counseling here. Interesting. Yeah. What is one of what, like one of your favorite parts of your job or something like an aspect that you really, really enjoy? Yeah. Um, so I meet with students. I have a group of 19 student leaders that I supervise. Um, and I think they are some of the most kind and caring people that I think I've ever worked with. This particular staff team um, feels like a unique group of students. And I think I get to meet with them every other week for about an hour or half an hour. And I think some of the things that they're like experiencing, some of the things that they're like going through as 18 to 22 year olds are not unique necessarily. Like I experienced some of those things too, but to see kind of how they're doing, how they're like working through it on mm-hmm. this side of things is like, I feel like thankful that I get to like sit in that space with them. So, so yeah, that's definitely something that I, I value. I mean, honestly, this is year five doing this. And so some of the other things get kind of old, but I think you get a new group of students every year. And I think they're, so they're staying the same age. So like they're 18, but I'm getting <laughs> older. And so I'm like, I, I just say, I'm hearing their stories a little differently, but it's that part still hasn't like gotten old to me, which is, which is really cool. Yeah, I imagine they would like help keep you younger, relevant. Yes. What's going on as you as we're getting older, you know? Yeah, I know all the slang. I know all the like social media things. Yeah, and I feel like they keep me they keep me pretty young. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we're getting so old that we can say that now. Yes, yeah, I'm like <laughs> edging toward thirty. This is a lot. I mean, I'll be twenty nine this year, so. Uh, wow, so crazy. So yeah. do you? Because you have kind of a different career not exactly computer science like your family thought yeah does your does your family like understand your passion for higher ed or they're just like well I see you happy so that's great you know that kind of thing sorry you were jumbled up a little bit can you say that again yeah so um you said when you were um choosing your major your your family was kind of pushing you towards computer science because they thought that could be a good fit for you but now your passion is in higher ed, which is kind of a little bit more um, niche. And do they, do they understand your passion or do they just support you because they, they love you? Uh, they have no idea what I do outside of that I work at a college. Um, I've tried to explain it to them. I've like thought about, okay, how can I explain this in a way that like everyone from my grandmother down to like my net nieces and nephews <laughs> and like, the babies will explain this, understand this, but like, to no yeah. avail, but they don't, they just don't get it. So I think they now think that I'm like going to be a principal or like I'm going to be a professor. And I'm like, that's not quite it, but whatever, you know, I, I'm fine <laughs> if you tell people that, right? But they're really supportive. They are very interested in what I do, even if they don't understand. So I think, yeah. uh, one, I'm bad with, I'm bad with calling, keeping up with family and they remind me of it every time. But they are always so interested to hear, like, what I'm doing, like, what my life is like in California. Like, them living in, so most of my family lives in Chicago. The other 
there's other smattering of them in Iowa and Kansas City. Uh, so all three like sets of those family members like want to know like what I'm doing, want to know when the next time they're going to see me, like are very excited about me being. So I'll be the, I, my cousin is actually at Harvard right now. In a, Whoa. Yeah. So she got a, she's in, I think, public health program. Um, so she'll actually graduate uh, a semester before I do. And so she'll be the first person to get her PhD, but I'll be close behind her. But so they're really excited for both of us, obviously. But they're, I was the person that was kind of like, I was the first to get my master's degree, um, the first person to kind of like excel and kind of um, mm-hmm. be that person striving towards those things. And so the pride that they feel is like a really big motivator for me and something that I hold as a sense of pride. Um, so, yeah, so I think they try their best. I think they, they can't hurt them for trying, but they really just can't understand, like, what I do. Some of them are coming to visit uh, during Thanksgiving, so they get to see my world and um, probably get more of a grasp on what I do. But I think mm-hmm. until then, they're like, well, we just, like, support you from afar. We love you. We're just, like, <laughs> glad you are, like, doing your thing, and you'll be done with school after this. So I'm like, yes, I feel that. So what, uh, circling back to your PhD, what are you getting your PhD in exactly? Yeah, so I am getting my doctoral degree in uh, educational leadership. So it's like essentially think about like uh, the people who are like deans of students or like presidents Mm -hmm. of universities, if they go the like practitioner route, so like the people who are doing the work in the schools as opposed to research, they are getting a doctoral, this type of degree. Yeah, so it's not, so there's two types of like, there's a lot of different types of doctoral degrees, but the type that I'm getting is an educational doctorate. So essentially like doctor of education is what I'll be. Um, so I will do less research and more in schools, like with people. Nice. All right, Dr. Coates. Yeah, yeah. So 2021, I'll be there. Oh, wait, right. 2022. I just jumped a year. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. You can graduate early. It's okay. I would love that. Very nice. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my next question was going to be, when you were growing up, do you see anything to um, similar to how you were growing up that kind of connects you to the passion that you have now? Because you kind of mentioned like the close group of friends that you had, and that kind of sounds a little bit similar, but did you have any other connections from your growing up life to your passion now, do you think? Yeah. I honestly had no idea that I'd be where I am now. So when I think about like my life and the things that I'm striving towards, my goals, uh, my relationships now, um, mentors now, a lot of them look different than um, they did when I was growing up. And what I mean by that is I think I had the typical, like not cliche, but like the like standard answers that you hear. Like I wanted to be like a football player, a doctor back when I kindergarten I remember saying something like I want to be a football player um and that was like because my my dad played football or whatever but as I got older and like became like more realistic that I was like I'm not gonna have the athletic ability to play (laughs) football I like started to kind of bring it down which then I just started to think I want to make money like I wanted to make a lot of money and that had to be like a uh, and that's, I think, why I gravitated towards computer science. Uh, mm-hmm. But even growing up, I, I think my family was, my grandmother was all about, like, doing well in school, right? So it was all about, like, how you exceed here is going to, like, help you go to college and help you get a good job, which helps you provide for your family. And so that was, I think, the goal. It wasn't really, like, learning. 
which now I think a lot of my, the reason I'm in this program now is like, I want to learn. Like I want to be excited about how I'm doing leadership, how I'm helping change higher ed for the better. Um, and I would have never thought about that as being a goal that I had in the past. It was all about like what job I would, I would get to like change my um, financial status or whatever. Mm. And so, yeah, so I, obviously there's like those things that are still there of like, um, I want to do well in what I'm doing. I want to like excel and I want to um, have success in the things that I'm trying. And that was, I think that's not changed, but I think why I'm doing that and to what end I'm doing that is, has changed quite a bit because higher ed wasn't in my path. Didn't even know you can do this. And I think I live in California now, which I'd never thought I'd leave Chicago. And I think that's changed a lot of how I look at the world and what I think about most. Nice. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever move back to Chicago? No, no. I Well, so funny. I was like, when I first moved here, I thought I'll live in California for three years max. And then I'm moving back to the Midwest. But no, I, I don't. I think besides my family and some friends that are still there, like Chicago was great for when I was growing up. But it feels like that's teenage DeAndre and like child DeAndre. And now mm-hmm. I'm. I've not lived in Chicago since 2009. So 10 years, like, right. So I'm like, crazy. yeah. So I'm now like, I feel like I'm, I'm set and I'm settled in Mm -hmm. California and I've made friends and family. And this is a huge part of like who I am now. So I'm never saying never, obviously, but (laughs) I, I don't think that I will at this point. But I also didn't think I'd be in California, so maybe I will. Who knows? <laughs> maybe I'll be neighbors with you. Who knows? Ooh, awesome. Yeah. We're down. Yeah. Dietrich loves board games, so yes. that'd be perfect. Yes. That'd be great. Uh, um, so if there is anybody who has just listened to you kind of explain, like, how you got into higher ed and are thinking, hey, this, like, this resonates with me. These are things that I also enjoy. Do you have any advice to somebody who's, like, wanting to learn more about pursuing this passion? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So some of the things I would say is higher ed is something that's always changing. And so I think I've, if I've learned anything, it's how to be flexible, especially in the student affairs side. So if you're like interested in being like a residence hall director or like in student affairs, there's a lot of, I think a saying that we have here is other duties as as assigned. Um, Mm -hmm. And that means that you kind of have to have your hands in everything. Um, And so I've had to learn boundaries and I've had to learn how to prioritize like my own wellness and like mental health. And that's not something I think I had at all before this. And so I think if anyone was going to this, I'd say work on like how you balance your life first, Mm -hmm. because then it doesn't get easier when you're in this role. So like try to try to have that kind of set. But in terms of like pathways, I think really I know people who've done a lot of different jobs and ended up in higher ed. So I think like if you're interested in like education and doing good work to try to help college students, like I think there's always roles for you. So. Awesome. Is there anything that you wish you had known when you first started out on this path that you, that you know now? Uh, You don't make a lot of money. So if you have loans or if you have like a lot of like debt I think you'd just be okay with, like, people helping is your reward. Like, you don't really get a lot of compensations in these early roles, I guess. So mm-hmm. in the in the role, later on roles that I'm, like, currently pursuing, there's there's a lot of compensation in that. But I think if you're for that, then you'll probably get burnt out pretty 
pretty quickly because again, high is always changing. So yeah, I guess I wish I would have known early on that this role is not going to pay you much, which I, I guess I'm still doing it even though I'm not paid much, but I, <laughs> I think I, that would have been nice to know, the temper, to kind of temper some of my expectations. Good to know. Good to know. Well, thank you so much, DeAndre, for sharing about just kind of your your story and how your passion kind of began and grew through that time. I have one final question to ask you, okay. um, and, I, uh, and I'm asking all of the interviewees on the No Wrong Turns pod, and that is, what is fueling you today? What's fueling your passion this could be anything from a new TV show or a new part of town that you found. So what's fueling you today? Yeah. What's fueling me today? Um, I recently adopted a dog. Ooh. Uh, and her name is Penny. And I grew up really afraid of dogs and like not super like into pets in general. Not really want to be around them. But I think today specifically, Penny, I think is just... She's a puppy, so she's learning a lot about potty training and all that. Today has marked, like, a month of her, like, being settled and not really uh, needing me to take her out as much. Um, and so I got her, like, this night, well, one, I got her a Halloween costume, so we're going to be dressed nicely. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, What's she going to be dressed up as? She's going to be Supergirl, and I'm going to be Superman. Oh, so, my gosh. That yeah. is so cute. Yeah. So she's, I think... I did not expect how much I would love this animal, but I, I really do love her. And I think so today specifically, she feels, it feels like she's fueling me because there's a lot I think that's going on here at USC. So yeah, Penny, my girl Penny. That's awesome. What kind of dog is she? She's a lab and golden retriever mix. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And how, and she's still a puppy? Yeah, she's like nine months, nine months old. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. That's awesome. So she, she gives me a lot of life, so. Very fun. Well, thank you so much, DeAndre, for your time and for um, just hearing more about your story. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Friends, I loved our conversation with DeAndre. It was so awesome to see how DeAndre sought out mentorship and advice from his friends and family to explore the different possibilities about what and where he could go at many different times in his story and how he was able to use this as he walked forward to find his true passion of higher education. It was also interesting for me to see through DeAndre's story how at different points as he was walking through pursuing his education and future career, he also took care to foster and look for a good environment that he would be able to work well and thrive in. And then later on, he kind of said this more explicitly when he talked about the importance of having boundaries and taking care of yourself is very important in order to be doing his job the best that he could. I hope you all were encouraged today about how DeAndre was able to develop his passion bit by bit as he learned what aspects of higher education he had already enjoyed in the different areas of his life. My prayer is that you would consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. See the show notes for our music credits. 